Hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, bringing you another Old Man Orange Presents via VHS episode. One of them from the rarities vault that we have from back in the day that just never got put out. So come join us for another fun-filled retro movie review. Let's jump on in. So welcome to another episode of the Via VHS Retro Movie Podcast. Tonight we're going full schlock. We're going full B-movie. We're going to Devil's Island. We're going to talk about the assault on Devil's Island. Not a real historical thing. Um, be cool if it was, um, but it's not. Um, we're, we're talking Hulk Hogan. We're talking Carl Weathers. We're call, talking Shannon Tweet. We're talking about Playmate of the Year, 1981 or two, one of those two. You got, you know, Mr. Universe arms over there. Not really Mr. Universe, but might as well be. And, of course, <laughs> Carl Weathers, who we both adore. Um, yep, yep. Um, Shadow Warriors Assault on Devil's Island. Here's the thing. Before you go looking for this, of course, I'm Wesley, your host, and then joined by Mr. Scott Holmes. We were both confused as fuck trying to figure out what we were watching initially, correct? Correct, correct. But really, it's all due to what kind of happened is that the way that the titles go in this movie is that Assault on Devil's Island is what the TNT's name was when it came out in 1997. Then Mm -hmm. Shadow Warriors is what they called it in Canada when they put it out on VHS and then when a company put it out on DVD, like in 2001, they got the first and second movies backwards, and that's mm-hmm. how they sent them out. So then it just has made it confusing ever since. And then the next company that put the DVD out got it fixed. But we still live in a world where you got to be careful which version's coming up when you type this title in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And even the logos get meant, like the one I watched. Mm-hmm. the logo Shadow Warriors 2 actually comes up. It literally says that. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to watch the second one, but this seems like the first one. The synopsis says this is 1997. So then I went to Roku, which is the only streaming service at the moment that I found that had this. And they had it mixed up, like the literal movie mixed up, not just the title. Like it said it was Assault on Devil's Island. I click on it. It's not. It was the Death Mountain one. Mm-hmm. And so, which is the sequel. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of a mess. So if you, if you decide to watch along with us, um, you can, we'll, we'll eventually discuss the synopsis here <laughs> and, um, then we, you know, you'll know which one to watch first, but we're, we're doing the 1997 TNT original movie, Assault on Devil's Island, later known as Shadow Warriors. There you go. Yeah, it's one of those ones, just a, a confusing one. But you know what's the interesting thing? Because when I'm reading all about this movie, is this movie was like a huge deal for TNT when it came out. I don't even know how I kind of missed it. This seems just one of those ones. Like, I must have just been watching a different channel as this was sort of going on, you know, at this time period. But, um, but like, they promoted the hell out of it, like, saying this is going to be the biggest movie ever for TNT. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're putting all the you know stuff going on there. They had it like a big old, I think it was a Sting and Hogan match. And they like really like pumped this thing up the whole time during it. Like yeah. every commercial break, there was a Shadow Warriors like um, trailer on there. And I don't know if you watched the trailer. The trailer is actually really good. I didn't watch the trailer. I, I do. I didn't remember this initially. I mean, I had never seen this. But as I was watching the movie, it sparked some memories and I remember it being promoted because um, if you're a wrestling fan, Starcade 1997 takes place in December mm-hmm. and um, 
that movie, I mean, that match was built up for an entire year, really almost a year and a half. Um, because you know, Sting goes away, NWO kicks his ass, he comes back with the crow face paint, and then there's a whole year where they're leading up to this mega match at the end with Sting and Hogan. And they were gonna have a contract signing. I remember the contract signing. Mm -hmm. And the contract signing was gonna take place in the commercial breaks of this movie. So if you went, so Eric Bischoff, who was whatever he was for, I don't know what his official title was at WCW, but he was important, like yeah. pretty much the most important person there, other than Ted Turner, who owned it. He's like, yeah, Bischoff was running. Yeah, he's, he's top dog. He produced this movie. So, because he was more intertwined with TNT itself than he was just WCW. Yeah. Um, so he produced this. And so, yeah, there was the contract signing in the commercial breaks of this movie, which they showed on Nitro the next week. Like, so you really didn't miss anything. But, um, yeah, four, they had a 4.2 rating, which is pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah, it said, yeah, it had, it had a real high rating on the TV score. It did extremely well, had a lot of viewership. You know, it was supposed to be the big turn for Hulk Hogan's career because he was, you know, he did all the family kind of kids movies and they're like, okay, Hulk's going to get serious this time. You know what? He's coming in. He's got a full head of hair, which actually looks pretty good on him. I'm going to say, like, when you see him in a full, because, you know, Hogan's bald since like, you know, 72. <laughs> he like yeah. never has hair. You, you know what's weird? Uh-huh. I didn't notice this until somebody pointed it out in the comments. And it was kind of true that with that hair like that, he kind of looks like Mel Gibson. Yeah, I didn't think about that, too, but he definitely does. And he also yeah. shaves in this one, too. So you, he, he's kind of going like what's one of those ones that like this is one of those things that you could if you're flipping through TV and you turned it on and maybe you know who Hulk Hogan is because, you know, he's just an icon. But, you know, if you weren't like a huge wrestling person, you flipped it on, you might take you a moment because it's just like he looks quite different. You know, mm -hmm. he has he has no signature Hulk Hogan stuff kind of going for him. You know, he's got this ginormous like lock of hair, like he's Fabio or something like that. And then he's, you know, he's like, he's rough shaven, like, you know, Miami Vice style. Yeah, rough shit. Yeah, he's got the five o'clock shadow going on. And this is, you know, those years where this is like, like Thunder in Paradise, where, you know, Hogan, he was starting to kind of get out of this a little bit because he was, you know, NWO was a thing. So he's traveling every week with wrestling. But, you know, there's that period where he wanted to just stay in Florida. He didn't want to do anything outside of Florida. And, um, you know, so all of Thunder in Paradise was filmed like basically at Disney. <laughs> like, yeah. So the scenes in the parking lot, the scenes behind Space Mountain, the scene, you know, <laughs> so like everything was filmed, you know, you know, Disney property somewhere. And I think this one was filmed like in Miami, Key West. I know the, the fort that they go to in this, as soon as I saw it, that's like my number one camping destination. I wanna, I've been wanting to camp there my entire life at that fort because it's so fucking cool. Like the whole island is the fort. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that, but yeah, this is another five o'clock shadow, Terry Belia, Hulk Hogan. I want to stay in Florida and make my money <laughs> and stay near my family. And uh, he got his wish and he got to make this, you know, he, he got to do a lot of cool things in the nineties. No, it's, it's really true because it's like this movie is one of those ones that like, uh, you know, for honestly, it's for a television movie. I mean, it, it is kind of like in that like kind of 
cheesy action fun, but it mm-hmm. does have a lot kind of going for it. You know, it's got tons of action and it's got a bunch of characters in there. It's almost like Hogan's Commando is what it sort of feels like, but it's also kind of a proto Expendables at the same time too. People were saying that. I can't remember the first Expendables. I have seen it. I can't remember it. But they were talking mm-hmm. about how the first Expendables kind of ripped this off a little bit, um, which I guess I can remember. But, um, yeah, that, that somebody else mentioned the Expendables when they were talking about this one. I mean, I, I don't know about that. I mean, like, it, it's it's more, I would say it's got the Expendables feel like because it's a group of, you know, it's a team of, like, you know, here's some somewhat celebrity people kind of in here and so on because, you know, beyond Hulk Hogan, you also got, of course, Carl Weathers, which is really like he's here, but he feels like he's one of the ones. He's like too good for like this entire movie. 100%. Like that's, that's the thing. 100%. It's like you literally have like I, I think Carl Weathers. He's like that actor who just never really got the proper break. I feel like he's mm-hmm. a triple A actor who's always been either the secondary character or he kind of gets B movies. Like you know, he's just never got like. He should be in that same category as Mel Gibson and so on like that. Like he's like that good of an actor. He could pull off all that stuff. He's got a body that literally rivals both Arnold and Stallone and all that stuff. You know, yeah. I would, you know, that's what Action Jackson was supposed to be. We've talked about that movie before. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe things would have been different if, you know, Tim Burton got his third you know, Batman movie because wasn't he supposed to play Two Face? Well, that's not that's that's not Carl Weathers. That's um uh Billy D. Williams. Oh, I'm getting my black people mixed up. Um, <laughs> what what wasn't he supposed to be something in Batman though? No, I because th- Billy D. Williams was playing Two Face. No, you're right about that. But I feel like he was supposed to do something in Batman. But maybe I'm okay. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. But either way, uh, yeah, I was just get my black guys mixed up. But um <laughs> um. No, but uh, yeah, Action Jackson was supposed to be his thing. That was supposed to be his, you know, coming out party. And the movie wasn't very good. And yeah. he, but he was good, and he's he is good in everything. Even when you watch a Predator, you feel like he's just better than the people he's around. Yeah, you know? and um, like he's he gets lumped in with Jesse Ventura and Hulk Hogan. And let's face it, we both love Arnold. Arnold's not the best actor either, you know. And uh, like, but he's great in the Rocky movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, there, there's some good acting in there. And people kind of look past it because after Rocky one is kind of, you know, it's a more of a popcorn franchise, but it's, um, you know, some of those scenes with Rocky and, you know, Paulo Creed in those movies, he's a good actor, man. And he's, he's good in the Mandalorian show that's out. Right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that was one of the things that really excited me about that was that it's like oh, I got Carl Weathers in there, mm-hmm. you know. But um, yeah, in this movie here, he's like, I mean, it's a perfect example. It's like his acting is just like is just there, you know. You believe everything Carl Weathers sort of says. The rest of the movies all got the hokey kind of feel to it, but the second Carl Weathers is in there, it's like it gets serious for a moment. <laughs> well, when um, what, what I noticed, there's this one scene in particular where Hogan and um. Carl Weathers have a, um, like a, a little bit of a spat, like they're arguing. And Carl Weathers gets a lot of dialogue there, and all Hogan's responses are very short. One word, okay, yeah, okay, all right. You know, and that's what he's doing. And then Carl Weathers is like, really, because he they can't be on the same page there because it's just not going to work because Hogan's just not that kind of actor. He's there for muscles. 
Please. Yeah, well, the, it's one of those ones like Hogan's that guy that's like, no matter what, I don't care. I'm always so excited to see him in a movie, even though he really isn't the greatest actor. Oh, you terrible. know, and I don't know. Yeah, it's like, why exactly? You know what I mean? It's like one of those ones, you know, but um, so it's like, yeah, you get you get his kind of quick kind of like mean mug in the camera kind of looks and, you know, his one liners. And oh, yeah, he has that one of, where he's like. You know, and he like gives that mean look for like an extended period of time. <laughs> yeah, he's just he, he's pretty rough. And then of course, hey, you have Shannon Tweed in here too, Playman of the Year from back yeah. in the days. And um, Hogan's here for muscles. She's here for boobies. That's, I mean, that's it. They you know, the interesting thing too is I was looking it up. She's literally forty years old in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, she's like really good. Yeah. She. Yeah. She she was like a yeah fifty seven that makes sense, but my goodness man, and she she does look really really good in this movie, and you know it's just, it was so comical the way they found the most ridiculous ways especially at the end of this movie to get her in the skimpiest way possible. It's <laughs> worse time. than oh it's worse than any Bond movie. It's worse than Predator when the, the girls just you know losing clothes as, as it goes on. It reminded me I don't know which Hot Shots it was, but. The one where um, you got the girl that's from Rain Man. There. I think that's the second one. Yeah, I think it is the second one, and she's they they make fun of that in that movie where she just <laughs> oh I have to lose this article of clothing and just you know the whole time, and um, that's basically what this was. That was just so ridiculous. But I'm I'm sure that was very different when it aired on TNT, like especially the opening scene with her. Um. They could have aired that on TNT. No, that came on the the Canadian VHS. <laughs> I read that in there too. That like so yeah, because when I saw that nudity, I'm like, what? I can't imagine that being on TNT back in the day. Like no yeah. way, you know. Yeah. I mean, it would have to play at like one in the morning or something like that, and just and have like one of those really weird slots where it's like, okay, no one's really gonna notice. But yeah, even then, they probably could have got away with it. You can't have TNA on TNT, you know. <laughs> yeah, not, not that way anyway. But yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, it really threw me off. I'm like, I'm glad somebody addressed this in the Wikipedia article because I, I was really confused on that. Like, wait, so this did come on TNT, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. She's that's like within the first five minutes of the movie, I'd say. Yeah, well, and, it's after like you know when Hogan's doing his like you know deep kung fu training out there in like the fire like pit. Okay, we're, we're launching into our review because I want to start with that. So let's go into our rewind review. <laughs> So, all right, this movie's stupid as hell, but I loved it. But yeah, two, two things about this: we talked about Thunder in Paradise a while back. Uh, something that's familiar with that, you know, they had an opening pilot movie for that, mm -hmm. and we watched it, and we watched this, and something about that movie in this movie, they tried to make Hulk Hogan's big, giant, six eight ass look agile. They do all these things to try to make him look like he's. He's never been. He's not. He is not. He's not even agile in the ring. No, he's all beat up by this point still. Yeah, like he, he but he never was. He's he's a giant massive dude. But they got him out there doing like some tai chi, and like you know, um, doing all this stuff. But then they have him, even other times in the movie, they have him doing like trying to do kung fu and do all this stuff, and he does okay. But it's just like that's not the kind of movement you're looking for from Hulk Hogan you're looking for you know Hulk 
Yeah. You well, know. it's it's almost like that one. Like they should almost just like play <laughs> off his strengths. I think that's the downfall. Is they try to mold him into almost a character he's not, and I think yeah. that's what makes it. That's what makes the acting a little bit more tougher for him. I think it's one of those ones. If you just gave him a straight up a Hulk character, where like the way he fights is he fights like a big guy does, where he doesn't fight all like agile and stuff. He just literally picks people up and throws them through stuff. You know that kind of thing. He would pretty much all these movies we've seen, and then Thunder and Paradise and. Uh, all of them he would have been a better secondary character like even like jesse ventura and predator yeah you know but he's not the main guy maybe a little bit more of a role than that you can't just have hulk hogan relegated to like <laughs> a few lines but he doesn't need to be the main guy i don't think i think he's just part of the force he's part of the you know the group he's the muscle yeah and then you know but he's not jean-claude van damme that's for damn sure no, and, no, and I, I feel like yeah, this movie's trying to meld all. He's trying to. It's like almost like trying to piece all that together. Like they're gonna put some Stallone, they're gonna put some Arnold, they're gonna put some John Club, they're gonna put some Chuck Norris, and they're gonna try to melt this forge down. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he put some Steven Seagal and just and create Hulk Hogan in that kind of way. When it, it's almost like she just plays straight off his strengths and so on like that. I almost because the one thing I always wished, and I'm kind of bummed because I know this will not happen at all by this point, but is that they never utilize Hulk Hogan and the expendables. And I always felt like it would have been interesting to see what Stallone would have directed him as, you know what I mean? And I think in the expendables, that would have actually been a perfect way for him to be in there. Cause he could have been one of the, you know, the characters in there that's got the, the cool cameo, you know, a handful of lines and he gets just a Hulk up in there and show off. But then the, that, that, that's all you got. Cause you got Stallone and everybody else to kind of carry the story. Mm. Yeah, I think, and it's funny because you know we bring up Stallone again. They were both in Rocky Three, Hogan, yeah. and, and they just didn't, were on the screen at the same time. But yeah, I don't think he was ever utilized correctly. And because even Arnold, you know, big action star, you don't see like he's not doing karate. No, you know he's this is he's big. He's holding big guns. He's throwing people throws the knife stick around um you know that kind of thing and but i will say <laughs> what's funny is how accurate hogan is in this movie with even the blow dart <laughs> right in the neck like first try like that was pretty that was pretty funny well, well his character really is like the ultimate master guy who that's all he mm-hmm. does all day long is hangs out at his beach bungalow practices kung fu and you know different ways to kill people which is my what my dream life actually i think like <laughs> sounds perfect living, living key west oh my gosh i think most of this movie was around key west because i know that fort is in the tortuga is towards like it's, it's way out there it's not as further south than key west but it gets like one of those things that's just doesn't even seem like it's part of the country mm-hmm. but it is but um yeah yeah hogan just he just not he he's not a rock or um roddy piper or really batista's i think maybe as an actor and you know cena yeah john um, cena's good john cena's i think john cena might actually be better than the rock at, at um i i think maybe yeah well the the rock really lives off the rock charisma I think that because that's the thing is that they they know how to tailor his roles to like a rock role, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And I think yeah. that's the key thing. And that, that that was the problem with Hogan is that they never really figured out how to tailor it towards the, the Hulk, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that too, and he just was never with, you know, other than Rocky Three when he was playing that small part, he was never with a Stallone-like type director. Like he was doing, you know, High Noon Omega Mountain and, you know, that – what was that? Not Mr. Mom, but it was something like that. Or Suburban Commando, uh, yeah, Mr. Suburban, Nanny. Yeah, Mr. Nanny. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. He did all those things, and he's just he was never in anything particularly good. I would have liked to have seen him in an Expendables type thing as a side character. And, you know, maybe I don't feel like he ever took any acting lessons. I might be wrong, but I don't feel like he did. Well, that, that's the thing. I kind of do wonder if um, by the time Hulk got kind of into movies, if he kind of got to that point where – you know, maybe he felt like he was like, oh, I don't need those acting lessons. I've been doing, you know, the wrestling, you know, I'm live on TV all the time. And then like, you know, one of those kind of things. Because it does sort of feel like, you know, if he just kind of spent, maybe he did do a little bit. But I mean, like if he really kind of, you know, did like what Arnold did and Arnold really like trained hardcore, like at acting, like, you know, before he kind of was doing the movies and so on like that, you know, he really did put in all the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just, this feels like just a part of this portfolio. This doesn't yeah. feel like you know he took it too too seriously this is because remember he had that pasta restaurant for a while yeah um yeah because he i think he's i think it's the first money nitro he's talking about oh come on down here and get some hulk hogan pasta mall of america <laughs> what the fuck is this you know so he was just he's always been a businessman and um make you know been able to make a lot of his brand so i don't know if this is just like whatever fuck it this sounds like a fun yeah time. I think that's what a lot of these things are. It's just like, hey, we, we, you know what? We're going to go out and make a movie. We're going to shoot it in 14 days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I heard that schedule. like, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just going to get it in and, you know, it, it just kind of worked that way. But, um, you know, it, it's is- like I'll use another example. is Chuck Norris because Chuck Norris even said himself that, like, the movies are supposed to be structured. He's like, he's like, I know I'm not the greatest actor. So I structure the movies around the way to get it so that, you know, I can deliver like the way that I can deliver, you know, mm-hmm. a Chuck Norris performance each time the way the movies are. And that's almost, I think like what makes that kind of work out because a lot of times, like there's really not such thing as necessarily bad actors as much. A lot of times it's like, it's a triple effect of like, it's a screenplay an actor and a director. You know what I mean? And a lot of times only two out of three of those need to be good. And they, that'll fix the third one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of fixing for Hogan, but you know, this is a fun movie. You, it, it feels like a episode, like an extended episode of like a Baywatch or a, Thunder in Paradise or one of those type shows, but just with more budget, bigger explosions. That's what it is. It feels like a like a two parter episode of one of those. It it it's um but that's the quality you're getting. That's the quality of acting you're getting, that's the quality of screenplay you're getting, it's you know, whatever. Um, but that's kind of what it feels like. But um I don't have the full cast in front of me. Um, but I also of course you have Hulk Hogan. Uh, you have Carl Weathers, you have Shannon Tweed, which we'll talk about her in a second. Um, you have uh, Priest Crease or whatever his name is from the Karate Kid movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of like a the, the good – he's actually kind of like Carl Weathers' role in Predator. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you have that. And, and, and um, then – you also have uh, Trevor uh, Goddard or whatever is Fraker, who, you know, that's the dude who plays um, 
oh, what's his name in uh, Mortal Kombat? Guy just do a bling all of a sudden. Oh, that late night thing. Um, Kano. Yes. Because that was the first thing I was like, and I looked at him like, God, is that Kano right there? It sure looks like it. If not, he's really played it. So it's like, and boy, does that guy get typecasted? You know, it's like, who are you going to be? I'm going to be the evil Australian guy every time. Yeah, this is what you are. Hey, you also have Tybo. Yep. You have Billy, yeah, Billy Banks. Banks. <laughs> that's so, I almost feel like that's what the big slime was movie. It's like, oh, you know, if you said like, hey, here's a movie where, where Hulk Hogan gets to fight, you know, Tybo, Billy Banks at the end of the movie. You're like, what? I got to see this. <laughs> Boy, that it, I'll tell you right. That feels like a post. Uh, that feels like a post ninety nine nitro anyway. <laughs> like because when they were dwindling down into the end, of, like a post height WCW and Attitude Era was going on, and they're like, "Oh fuck, we got like this Norman Smiley guy. What do you got? Hey, bring the Tabo guy in. <laughs> put him on a main event. Just put a fucking belt on him." And everybody's like, "What the fuck? Just put a belt on Billy Banks, okay?" Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because that's a perfect example of a guy that like you know for anybody of the 90s like that guy was like a humongous celebrity for like those like glorious like five years or whatever i mean humongous like he was on all those infomercials he was like the you he, he was the dude if you wanted the at-home workout you know you were gonna get the taibo and you're gonna level yourself up with doing kung fu at the house <laughs> You had Billy Billy Blanks and like Chloe, Miss Chloe or whatever her name was, the the fortune teller lady. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, they scam people out of all their money. I can't remember, what was her name? I think it was some Chloe or something something to that effect. She's dead now, but she scammed all she's scammed a lot of people out of her money. I think they're making a movie about her, actually. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if he's a player, but I, I will watch that one. But yeah, he was on TV all the time. And so <laughs> it took me a second. Like I saw the name. I'm like, where do I know that name? And then it hit me. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, it was like, like I always see like the that. celebrity death match one where he was in it. And, you know, and then like he takes I can't remember who he fought in the episode, but like he literally like goes from like time out and like he like levels himself up from like, you know, beginner mode, intermediate mode, to expert mode, and then just whoops whoever that he's battling's ass. I can't remember. He's battling. So, I, you know, I think he's battling is Richard Simmons. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure that was what the celebrity death match makes, episode was. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. All sweat into the oldies. And Richard Simmons stood no chance. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Billy Banks would kill, kill <laughs> Richard Simmons. Oh, man. Oh, Richard Simmons. I got a Richard Simmons VHS right here behind me. That's nice. the oldest, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty funny. I was disappointed. I was expecting to see some more wrestlers in there, kind of like yeah. Thunder in Paradise. And since Bischoff was, you know, doing it like um i was sitting there typecasting i was like man what, what other wrestlers could you got in here is like some of the crew um you know but piper was the only really good one i could think of yeah that can that could jump in there but you know it'd been fun to see sting or luger or, you know yeah i was gonna say you you could try out some other guys in there you know mm-hmm. chris benoit definitely could have been the australian guy part yeah could chris you could almost have you could almost have chris jericho at that time here wasn't he in wcw 97 he was but he wasn't like chris jericho yet um, yeah i know was, but i was just thinking if, if, if they if they just scooped up some people for like background kind of guys that like you know they were only gonna have a, a line or two yeah i'm just kind of shocked that like you could have had macho man in there that would have been fun um, yeah, I feel I mean, like Macho Man would would have to. He would almost end up being like the Carl Weathers character. I couldn't imagine Macho Man being like forefront on the list or something like that. Oh yeah, it would be great if he was Carl. I mean, I love Carl Weathers, 
Yeah. Yeah, we gotta go back to that island. Yeah. We then got our people down there. We gotta go back. Yeah. That would have been fun just to watch him do Macho Man the whole time. Like, not even try to do anything different. Because he did yeah. Spider-Man. He both no. souls, ready. <laughs> so it's just like... Don't or I'm like the King off. of the Hill episode, too, which I love the one where Macho Man's in that. I don't think I've seen that. It's the way it's like one of the greatest episodes. It's like they like they literally get by this like gymnasium setup from uh, the old high school or something like that. So like Bill sets it up in his garage and, you know, he goes down to pretty much like a GNC and then gets hooked up with the guy there. The guy's like, oh, you got your own gym at home. Well, that's OK. Me and the gang will show up over there. And it's like Macho Man and whatnot. Like, Put on the death metal. Dude. Work it out now. <laughs> and, and then they, they pretty much bully everybody else out of there and whatnot. <laughs> I need to go watch that one. That's then, yeah, they're just, there's just like three guys, you know, they're just all jacked up and everything like that, and so <laughs> on, like that. And then the part where Hank's like, "Hey, you know, maybe do some cardio there or something like that." Cardio. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You gotta check it out. <laughs> I can't oh remember what gosh. season it's in. Probably like somewhere about dead center, like seven or something like that. Eight. God, see, this is what would happen if they gave us money to produce movies. Can you imagine what we would do if we were producing movies? Like, we throw just the most random shit in there. So he can't act. I didn't ask if he could. Did it does it matter. It's about, it's about fun. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. But a lot of times I always feel acting really is not the most important part. Or even it might oh, not no. be in the top five you know, most important parts of a movie. Because you could have an it amazing is. movie and have terrible acting. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It's it's near the top if it's really good or really bad. If it's if it's really really good, it can show like like um these are some silly examples, but like even even Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow mm-hmm. is such a game changer for how that movie is. Like yeah, that, it is it takes it to a whole another level. Or like um Daniel Day Lewis and you know um. Um, there will be blood or something like that or yeah, in, but, yeah no country for old men something like that like if it's really really good it can elevate it and if it's really really bad it can bring it down if it's just in the middle then it's not super important you know what i mean mm-hmm. but man yeah this one was brought down at times but also not really because it was appropriate for the level of the movie the kind of movie it was yeah because it's just like a, you know, it's a straight up action movie that does actually have quite a bit of action. Like it does deliver mm-hmm. on that part. I will say that there's a crap ton yeah. of explosions. There's guns firing off, you know, people, you know, throwing fists, punches, all kinds of good stuff there. It's kind of funny because like the, the beginning of the movie is where they go on a mission and whatnot. And it almost has the, that's like the, the expendables feel. You got the team of six guys and whatnot. And Hogan's leading the pack. You know, they're handing out like their tarot cards to everybody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, they're handing out tarot cards like, uh, like basically, what's your fortune? It's like that helicopter scene of Predator, mm-hmm. and they're talking around. But this one guy has like these cards, like here's your fortune, your fortune. And Hogan's character had already told Carl Weathers, like I had a bad dream about this. Well, you know, it's just gonna happen. And he, they pulled the death card on him, like he's gonna die. But you know, he's not because the movie's just just starting. Yeah, because we all know what we're here for, you know, yeah. and then and then as it's like, you know, the mission goes on, then it feels like it almost has it reminds me a lot of that. The ending scene in Commando, like that's kind of reminds me of like it's mm-hmm. kind of going for that 
sort of uh, style and whatnot. And then and then they, they lose their like young kid buddy. And that like throws Hulk Hogan's character off so much. Like, we got to go back there and get his body. It's like, dude, he's dead. Like, like what are you going to do? <laughs> like, I hate to start to say, but he's like, we got to go back to Devil's Island. Like, we got to get, get his body back. Well, okay. I... I have mixed feelings about that part because I think that's like a marine. That's a big marine thing. I think so. Something like that. Yeah, like, leave no like one behind. Yeah, I feel like my dad's told me that before, and a lot of Navy SEALs are Marines, which they're not. They they're clearly in the Navy, as you see at the very end of the movie. But um, you know, which did seem ridiculous. Those giant men and <laughs> those those white suits looking like a, you know, what. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not gonna quote it. I was thinking of Jack, the Jack Nicholson and a few good men. Those faggoty white suits, whatever he says. Which is a total marine line, which <laughs> makes me laugh every time. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's what I was thinking of when I saw him sitting around there. I was just thinking of Jack Nicholson and shit. Um, but uh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that is kind of like a brain thing. But yeah, I mean, I think part of that was, was supposed to be Hogan's character is, you know, he studies all these mythical, ancient warrior traditions. That's his big yeah. thing. He's about traditions. And even at the first movie, he's doing that little thing on the beach where he's like trying to, you know, whatever. And I was like, is this Hulk Hogan? And I was like, oh, shit, it is. Okay. And um, so I guess that was part of it. But yeah, they, they have a botched mission. But we forgot to mention Shannon Tweed's character. Um, yeah. Something Wiley, Wiley is her name. I just remember that because my son's name Wiley. Yeah, Hunter um, Wiley. Yeah. She's there to um, – she. you don't know it until a little bit later in the movie, but she was there on a mission for, like, I think the FBI or CIA or whatever. They're, they're all going after this one drug lord. Mm-hmm. And she's there. And so you have this Navy SEAL team shopping in there, like, you know, they're at a Bonabod. Pakistan going to get Osama and then you got this lady's like I'm just going to show him my titties she's like I got to do my Russian accent show some titties yeah that was a bad Russian accent (laughs) once again you know other than Carl Weathers everybody here is kind of like hey you guys feel like trying some acting out like that's really what this sort of is it's a bunch of people that like are not normal actors kind of getting together you know well other Mm -hmm. than I'll say that the Kano guy is actually a pretty decent actor too Yes, yes, yes. He's a decent actor. And yeah, but you're right. The rest of them just, just, aren't. yeah, you know, it's like Billy Blanks, you know, like, hey, you want to try some acting? Sure. Oh, why not? Do I, do, do I get to do Tybo? Well, kind of, kind of. You Tybo against the Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they basically go down there to get this guy. And it's kind of a botched mission. I, you know, and then the girl walks out and like, what's, what's she doing here? And it kind of throws him off. And then they sneak into the place and they're about to kill the guy. And then that's when you find out the Australian guy set him up because he knew the Navy SEALs were on their way. And uh, everything goes to shit. And there's a lot of explosions. <laughs> Tons of explosions. The Kano guy, which you knew was going to turn on you because he's Kano. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so of course that guy does and whatnot and then you know yeah the the young buck guy doesn't make it out of there and that really puts you know hulk hogan out you know he's like oh man you know 
can't remember what that guy's name was. That's how bad it was. Like, it was like Billy or something like that. Like, but we, we didn't make, get Billy back. And Carl was like, yo, we're not going back in there. We're all going to die if we do. Like, let's get out of here right now. A theme in this movie that happens there and then it happens later on. And the second time it happens is just so bad is that the whole America, we don't negotiate with terrorists thing. That shit yeah. just goes out the window sometimes. Like they, because they were like, "I want that body back," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not giving you this body." And like, "Fuck it, well, we'll be back later." <laughs> and then, and then later on, that something even more egregious happens. But um, because this movie takes a weird turn, not that it wasn't already there, but it takes a weird, weird turn. So um, yeah, so this plane goes to shit, and um, you know, the Shannon Tweed's character, uh, Hunter Wiley. Um, also had these diamonds that were involved in this. There was a fake drug deal going on. There was these diamonds. Mm-hmm. And um, she, you know, so they had invested a lot of money in this. And so the SEAL team kind of messes up her operation because Hulk Hogan's about to get beheaded. He gets captured and he's about to get beheaded. And all of a sudden she just, you know, goes ape shit. Yeah. Starts kicking ass. She goes John Woo style, just double guns and everything. Okay, the double guns shot with with her was actually pretty good. Yeah, I actually kind of liked it. It was it was so ridiculous that it was actually pretty badass. I was like, she's like, I was like, and she looks way better doing it than I do. And um, I was like, wow, that's actually a pretty decent. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. It was actually a pretty good shot. But um, yeah, so they they get away from that compound. And Hulk Hogan's like, I'm going back. I'm going to go back to get my man. I'm going to go back to fuck that guy up. And everybody's like, no, Hulk, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then um, somehow they just end up, that girl just ends up tagging along with them, basically. Yeah. Well, it's like when, when they go to escape, I think, because Carl Weathers shows up. He's got the minigun. He's pretty much pulling a Jesse Ventura and shooting up the mm-hmm. place. You know, actually, mm-hmm. even though technically it's more Bill Dukes than when he used the minigun more than Jesse Ventura, ironically, mm-hmm. in that movie. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it's Jesse Ventura's gun, but Bill Duke shoots a lot more rounds with it. But um, yes, but yeah. So you know, Carl Weathers comes in, mini guns the place up, and then they all sort of escape together. And then it's like literally, Shan Tweed's just like living at like Hulk Hogan's house, like in his bungalow. Yeah, he, oh, we've got a very important aspect. It felt like Doctor Evil wrote a portion of this movie because they escape. So they get off the island and they're like, there's no boats. And she's like, oh, there's boats underwater or there's stuff underwater. We'll just get out of here. And then all of a sudden there's like a fucking shark attack. <laughs> just oh, yeah, because they're just swimming. Yeah. <laughs> and Hogan literally fights a shark underwater and stuff. It has this big, like, you know, the shark bites him on, like, the ass or whatever. And then, like, he's fighting it. He takes a grenade, shoves it in its throat, kicks it in the face, and it blows its head <laughs> off. <laughs> When you're saying and then you get an amazing, amazing line later when like Shan Tweed's like pulled out the shark tooth and she gives it to him and it cuts to like this close shot, like the shark tooth right there. And he's like, I hate sharks. <laughs> and, then, and then the camera pans up to his eyes. It was always going to be a shark that was going to do me in. I know it. <laughs> <sighs> when you're describing the shark bite, you make it sound way more awesome than it was. Like, he yeah, grabs the shark and, like all the things you said happened like he grabs the shark punches it kicks it throws a grenade in his mouth like those things happen shark bites him. yeah yeah it, it sounds way cooler than it actually was but 
in theory, that was an amazing scene <laughs> because it's just like you don't expect it. Like you see the sharks swimming around, and you're like, "Oh, they're showing how dangerous the waters are." But now all of a sudden, one comes up and says, "I want to fucking bite Hulk Hogan." And yeah, just takes a bite out of crime right out of his ass. <laughs> which I didn't know was Hogan at first because you can't really tell who's who. Kind of, they all got scuba gear on underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he um. You know, they get bit when they get back to the place. They're like, hey, you're bleeding. He's like, I ain't got time to bleed, basically. It's his <laughs> attitude, you know. And um, so, yeah. So, yeah, but she just kind of tags along. He gets in his teal Hummer, which that thing. <laughs> that was nice. because Yeah, that, that was exact, badass. That's the exact color I want a car. I want a car that color one day. Yeah. And um, so I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And you know that was actually Hogan's vehicle. Like, it had to have been. Yeah, and plus that's a classic Hummer too. None of this like you know H two junking up. No, that was a military Hummer. He just painted it teal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, um, I, I mean, I guess it was kind of maybe it was a, not really teal, but it was definitely not military color. No. no. Um. So yeah. So, Jim Sweet ends up going to Hogan's house, and you think it's going to be like this crazy romantic thing. Um, which is really kind of not. They just kind of tease that a little bit. Yeah. She, does, she gives him some stitches for his sharp bite, and then she's like, you slept for 36 hours. I just put them on your T-shirts and worked on these skimpy clothes the whole time. I only kind of look to your stuff is basically yeah. how that whole thing went. Yeah, it's like, it's like hey, I, I've been up for 36 hours since you've been asleep, so I got bored and started going through your stuff. <laughs> yeah, and she pulls out that knife at one point in time, and he's over there sleeping on the hammock, and like, is she about to like, try to kill him? Like... <laughs> But no, nothing, nothing happens. That whole scene was pointless until Carl Weather shows up. And then they have a fight. Like, Hogan's like, I'm going back. And he's like, you're not going back, man. You're not going back, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm going back. And he's like, no, you can't go back for this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. And Hogan's like, I'm going back. <laughs> that's like the dialogue. It's it's That's pretty much it. Well, I can't remember because because Carl Weathers like he's like I'm getting out of this. Uh, you know, I'm starting up my you know I don't know what he's like. I'm starting up a restaurant or something like that, and like this is it. I'm done for it. I can't remember what he said. He was starting up some business, you know. And then like Shantui does a thing. She's like, well, if we go back, the CIA can pay you. You know, whatever. We got stipends for this or something like that, and get your restaurant started. Yeah, it was like a twenty percent thing with the diamonds or something like that. Yeah, get the diamonds back. So. They're like, okay, we'll go back. And the whole time, there's this other character. It's the guy who plays the kickboxing coach in Karate Kid. Yeah. He is like, he's Carl Weathers' predator, uh, character for the Predator. He's kind of like, used to be one of the guys, but now he's not. Now he's a pencil pusher. Yeah, he's a pencil pusher. And, um, you know, they're like, used to be for us. He's like, now I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm into the politics and stuff. And um, he's trying to tell them not to go back and stuff, but... Um, while they're debating, while Hulk Hogan and Carl Weathers, um, what's Hulk Hogan's name in the movie? Does it fucking matter? Mike McBride. Yeah, it's Hulk Hogan. Hulkster. Yeah, it's Hulk. Um, while they're debating if they're going to go back to the island, and they decide they are going to, there's this meeting happening somewhere at like a CIA headquarters because in the middle of all this, so okay. We got to piece this together a little bit. We're not telling you the whole story, but we got to piece together why this one weird thing happens in the movie that I'm not really sure it needed to happen at all. Mm-hmm. And I must have missed something. So maybe you can explain to me why they did it. But um, 
So the, the drug lord during that big fiasco at the beginning where things go to plant, you know, go, go to shit. The drug lord still gets arrested mm-hmm. and Hogan and then bring him back. And then the, the turncoat guy, the Australian bad guy who was part of the team and then turned, you know, fucked everything up on purpose. He's Kano. back at the island. Yeah, Kano. And Kano and whatever that guy's name is, the drug lord, work out a deal to get him out of prison. Yeah. And um, so they can, you know, both get what they want, you know, have this whatever thing. And so they somehow decide the best way to do that is kidnap a bunch of gymnasts. Yeah, gymnastic, like, teenagers. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be, like, Olympic ones, but it felt like they just went to, like, some high school and just said, give me your gymnastics team. Yeah, they won some award. But it's, it is so bizarre. Like, because I read that in the synopsis and I'd forgotten about it. And then I saw the gymnastics team. I'm like, okay, they're really going to do this thing. This is going to be a big part of the, the movie now. And somehow this team of, I just wanted to know how this was pitched. Somehow this team of gymnasts just gets this, they get kidnapped and they take them down to this, to, to devil's Island, which is, um, Fort, I think it's Fort Jefferson in the dry Tortugas. The whole Island is a, is a, um, uh, a fort, so it's a real location. They didn't do anything to that. I mean, that's really what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, they take the girls and guys and throw these gymnasts into a cage in this water thing. And um, they're going to kill them all within like 36 hours. So now the pencil pusher goes to Hogan and Carl Weathers is like, we got to go down there and get them because the CIA just said, yeah, let's just negotiate with the terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't even think twice about it. Like, just give him what he wants. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so um, that's America's gymnast there. Yeah, this is yeah, this is like listen, we're trying to win gold here, okay? We can't lose to Russia. <laughs> like, well, it's, well, it's like there, there was that poor little short-haired girl. Like Billy Banks was literally holding her over the side of the mountain and gonna chuck her over. <laughs> they, they they picked on that one girl the whole time. Listen, the whole yeah. group, but that one little girl. That they one made her, girl. They made her make the uh, like the um, Al Qaeda like hostage tape. <laughs> like, like help! I'm a hostage or whatever, and blah blah blah. They made her do that, and then when they were gonna, they drug her ass all over the island because you needed like a human shield or whatever. Yep. <laughs> that poor, that poor little girl, man. Yeah. Well, the first part is Kano just looks like I'm gonna take you up to my room right now. Come on! And you're like, oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It got a little weird there for then, a minute. Yeah, and then Billy Blanks is literally holding her above his head like you know say anything with like the you know the boom box <laughs> <One point. laughs> like he's gonna chuck her off the edge like donkey kong throwing a barrel <laughs> they they really they really did really really did mess that mess with that girl the whole time oh man that's just that's crazy um so yeah basically the whole the whole gymnast subplot is just stupid it just didn't need to happen. I feel like they're thinking to contrive some other way to do this, but it just seems so ridiculous that there was this drug thing going on, and now there's just a bunch of gymnasts involved. <laughs> it's, like, so it's like, you know what this, you know what this movie needs? Gymnasts. What? Gymnasts are so hot right now. We need gymnasts. Okay. <laughs> so this is one of those weird ones that sometimes I don't feel like everything needs to be so connected, but... uh what that really needed is one of those gymnasts should have been somebody's daughter, like, like, or kid, yeah. you know, whatever. It, like, it should have been either Carl Weathers or Hulk Hogan's. 
you know, or even Shan Tweed. You could one of the three main characters should have had like a connection of that, and then that brought it more home. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could have been either one of them because they both mentioned they have a kid that doesn't live with them, a teenager yeah. that lives other places. And um, you're right that could have, that would have that would have made it make more sense. Yeah, um, and it really that that short haired girl was because she's the one it seems so prominent. That should have been the related to one of them, and that would have been like the perfect thing of like that's why I have to go all in, you know. Mm-hmm. It would be good if it was Carl Weathers. Yeah, because uh, I feel like that would be the thing is like he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't like they they got your daughter, Carl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of those things. Yeah, you're right, man. We should have wrote this movie. Um, <laughs> I think the things that would have changed if we wrote this movie. Um, one, the shark fight would have been way more dope. <laughs> yeah, because because it sounds too cool when you explain it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so cool when you explain it, and it just does not live up to that. But the in theory, it's amazing. Hulk Hogan's yeah. gonna fight a shark. Yeah, yeah I'm in. Um, it's like I don't know what's more amazing: Hulk Hogan fighting Billy Blanks or Hulk Hogan fighting a shark. Guess what? This movie has both. It All does. right, this movie has both. <laughs> um, so yeah, but yeah, that would have been different, and we would have made the gymnast one of their kids. It's just that's yeah, listen, t- that t- is, t- tie it in. <laughs> that's eighties, nineties action one hundred and one, man. That's yeah. like you're one hundred percent right. That's just like that's just too easy. Um, yeah, they fucked that up. But the, the whole gymnast subplot just so by itself is just so weird. Yeah, how they thought of that? Like, okay, they're gonna kidnap a bunch of kids. Ooh, make them gymnasts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. They did something all American because they, they, I think they were like Olympic, like winners of some kind or something like that. Yeah. Could have got a fucking baseball team or something. Yeah. Or like uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> That's the 90s. Or imagine yeah. if they got like the, you know, the 96 Bulls and threw them in there. Oh my God. So <laughs> they're just all standing like that prison like the feet you know, like the three feet of water or whatever like <laughs> up to their shins okay can we get out of here we gotta go. and dennis robbins there and dennis robbins in the in the in the nwo yeah so you know i'm just throwing it out there okay so now we, we figured out a few things okay <laughs> what if it was just dennis robbins was the only one captured in there no, no. for some Weathers, reason he was a gymnast <laughs> like they just gave it a real weird plot it's Carl Weathers daughter it didn't run <laughs> and then at the end she's like I think I'm staying in here daddy with this guy <laughs> no um or Dennis Rodman could be one of the bad guys that would be great yeah I mean at this um, time he was in that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie about the same year as this I think that was 96 actually but yeah, or ninety eight, somewhere, somewhere around there. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I have it on DVD. I think I have it on VHS. Double Team is that the name of it? I think it might be. It's it's like a basketball phrase. I know that. Yeah. Um, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. So the, they kidnap Jimmy, and basically the movie is Shannon's weed, Hulk Hogan. Carl Weathers have to go down there and rescue these gymnasts, this giant four island down in Florida that's surrounded by sharks. So, I mean, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically the, you know, the last half hour of the movie is them just trying to, to 
get down there. And most of it's really cool. So all the stuff with the gymnasts about to be drowned, that's really suspenseful. Yeah. Well, and it's also an interesting cage because I thought about that. I'm like, God, if you really are just like, if you have to stand in a cage that has like one foot of water in it the whole time, like that's like one of those ones like that, that'll become a real problem after about like eight hours or so. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just with your feet being continuously soaked like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're 100% right. I think that would just be annoying. Probably yeah. Cold and just and then your feet would start to kind of fall apart. You know what I mean? Like when you know mm-hmm. when you've been like the pool for too long, just imagine that. Mm-hmm. And it's salt water. Yeah. Which it might make it better. I don't know. But yeah, that just, that whole cage situation was terrible. I wonder if it's really in the fort like that. Because the fort in St. Augustine has a, a, a cage that's mm-hmm. actually kind of similar to that. Um, they actually have a dungeon room that you have to crawl into. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, there's the, um, uh, I think Geronimo died at that fort. Huh. And yeah, and they had um offshoot topic, but it's pretty cool. But the fort is much older than that one that in the, in this movie. But um, yeah, there's like a little, you're going in there and there's like this little room that they found in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And those skeletons still in the room when they found it. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, it's a fun time for families. You can just crawl in there. <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah. You have to get on your hands and knees to go in it and look around. Uh-huh. And I've only done it like twice. I, I, I get, I feel kind of queasy when I do it. So I'm like, I gotta get out of here. But um, yeah. So, but they, I mean, that might actually be at that fort. Um, so, oh, it's not, it's Matanzas that has that cage, but still, that's kind of crazy. But yeah, they're going to basically flood those kids in there, kill them, and X amount of hours. There's a timer. So, yeah, have to have that in an action movie. There's, you know, there's time a bomb. Bomb. yeah, you have the timer. And Carl Weathers is pretty much on that, but there's one ridiculous part that happens there that was so stupid that, and you know what I'm talking about. There's like a guard down at the bottom of the steps. I'm like, how do we distract them? And she just, and she just, just takes her clothes off pretty much. Yeah. And the guy's like, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. I'm like, not that this movie was uber realistic anyway, but that was even too just ridiculous for this movie. It was just so stupid. Oh my God. Well, the, it is kind of a weird one because like, I'm thinking of this movie because the fact that like one, once again, let's just say she is older. So this movie is clearly geared towards the middle-aged man is really what this like target audience is. It's not really geared towards, mm-hmm. I feel like anybody young. Cause you know, it sounds weird, but like if you would have been like 15 years old looking at Shan Tweed, you've been like, she seems kind of old. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like a 15 year old, I think would have looked at her and like not seen her. Like is like, it's like the same way. I think that like, you would have looked at her as like, Oh wow. That seems, uh, even like if you, especially if you're like 10 years old, she would have seemed like, just looks like somebody's mother like walking mm-hmm. around, you know? So I feel like it's like, it's definitely kind of has that thing where it's like, you know what? We're going to shoot for that 40 year old guy who remembers 1981. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, that's, who's got, he's got his kiss albums on, right? You know, this is the other reason why you needed a teenage Carl Weathers daughter in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Banks from Fresh Prince. Yeah, there we go. Boom, boom. Boom. See, now you have both angles there. Yeah. Because um, it is kind which, of an old person movie when you really think about it. Like, all the characters are old. There's not, there's no young characters in it except for the guy that dies in the beginning. But, like, everybody yeah. in it's kind of like... You know, Carl Weathers is probably like 50 years old plus in this, you know. Yeah, he's getting Old Hoekster's getting pretty close. He's probably like late 40s. You know, Shantweed's 40s. 
you know it's you know what i mean a lot of these characters in here are as i said and i feel like that's sort of who it's it seems like its target audience is that like middle-aged man yeah because it's 26 years ago so yeah you're, you're probably right but see the, the weird thing is that this was like so tied to nitro yeah so maybe there was more older men watching wrestling back then than there are now yeah well it's like that, that's the thing is i, th- I think that's kind of you know like they, they picked clearly a, a a prime audience that they were shooting for you mm-hmm. know and maybe that was a whole thing. I was like, you know what? To get a Hulkster away from these kids' movies, we got to literally just like up everybody's age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's basically what they were trying to make him a, a legitimate action star. And yeah, I'm sure Hogan wanted that too. He's probably tired of wrestling, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's one of those ones. I think that the acting always seems like the, it's, it's the almost the nice retirement gig. If, if that makes any sense, like, you know, you did your sports in a sense, and now you can do, you know, acting, which comparatively should be much more chill and so on like that. You're pretty lucrative. I think that's how everybody kind of looks at it. You know, in a sense, everybody wants to be that Arnold because Arnold's like the definitive, like archetype for like the six uber successful, you know, sports star that goes literally movie star, you know, mm-hmm. and for the longest time, everybody had kind of couldn't could never get close enough to that. They tried. There's a lot of guys that tried, but, you know, they, they never no, nobody really got that Arnold level until the rock realistically. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's the only one that's ever been able to make that transition and actually be the top like, yeah. guy, the new. He's the first person to really take that mantle from Arnold. Um people have gotten close and there's been really big stars, but Arnold was the main action star. And I think they thought Hulk could be that, but he just doesn't. Hulk is kind of an anomaly, man, because he became such a big thing in the eighties mm-hmm. and the nineties. And I don't mean this is any disrespect because I know people like to hate on Hulk Hogan these days. He was such a big part of my childhood. Yeah. Same and here. He was, what made him such a great wrestler was that he was, this amazing baby face and then a great heel. He was equally good at both. Mm-hmm. Like that heel turn that he made. I'm like, man, that's like, you, I never thought that would have worked. And it did. Yeah. Um, so, but he's kind of an anomaly where he's not that great of a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other people out there. You, you can argue Macho Man have more charisma, charisma, more stick, like presence, but he just had this unique factor that was, it didn't, I don't think it translated to the movies like it did to wrestling. There's something about him and wrestling that just worked so well, and you really can't describe what it was because he he wasn't the best at anything, but he was like top two or three at everything. Yeah, so, and then that, that's yeah. really a good way to look at it is that, yeah, it's like one of those ones he's like, he's kind of like, he's got like the, his stats are almost kind of averaged out like in a good way, but he's not really like the the single most best at any one aspect. But the charisma, it's almost a weird one because I feel like in the long run, too, if like if like people like 100 years from now look back at like Hulk Hogan stuff and go, that seems like a weird kind of like the way that he looks and everything like that is like, that's what people were like ultra like that guy was a megastar because you think about like nowadays, could you imagine a guy being in a sense being bald and pretty much having a skullet being, the, you know, with handlebar mustache being like the most famous guy of all time and like you know what i mean like it's a weird look when you think about it. like i don't think anybody could pull that off like something like that again and just 
have it be normal. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. like nobody questioned it, really. And every time you think he's down, he comes back. Like, I thought yeah. he was down a few years ago. Now he's kind of making a – he's been doing some PR stuff. and Yeah, but he's, he's still just like, yeah, in super great shape and everything like that. Like, he's fitter than mostly everybody else at, like, age 70. Yeah, he's just about to turn 70. Plus, I don't know if it fell through the cracks. You know, they're making that whole COVID movie. Yeah, um, that kind of – I think – I think that one kind of did sort of fall through the cracks. I want to say, I want to say Chris Hemsworth kind of backed out a little bit of it or something like that. Yeah. Probably because they found, you know, started thinking about some things he had said and done. And they're like, we can't do this. Yeah. But he was working out for it. He he got huge. That's why he's so big in that love and thunder movie is because he was going to play Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, So, but yeah, like he's kind of making a comeback again. Um, I don't know. I think his movie days are over. But it would have been nice to see him in like an Expendables four or something like that. Now um, that was the thing. I I always ever since the very first Expendables came out, I was like, man, Hulk Hogan and Carl Weathers. It's like they're the two guys. It's like why are they not in any of these ones here? They didn't feel like they were that far of a stretch to get in there because obviously they worked with Stallone before, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just one of those ones where. Yeah, having him in there would have been so cool and so on like that. And well, and Hulk, Hulk said that he was done with movies. Like, he, I, I think he's at that point where he just wants to just kind of chill and relax. And, you know, once in a blue moon, he'll do a signing, but he's not going to do a whole lot. He's not going to tour any of those Comic Cons. He's not going to go totally out of his way for too much stuff. I think he just wants to be kind of the beach bum, you know, and be, just be the Hulkster kind of in retirement. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. I just want to see where I was at. Well, you know, he had that um, grinder lawsuit. <laughs> he made all that money. So, um, yeah, so he's he's set. He doesn't have, yeah. you know, I think he was in debt there for a while. I think his family kind of fell apart and he was in yeah, debt. Well, yeah. So, so now he's, they, they, they pretty much took all his money for a, a good while. And then, um, yeah, and, and then he's also got his Hulk Hogan weed coming out. <laughs> Just like Ric Flair oh, and all that stuff. I did hear something about that. I did hear something about that. I knew whole, uh, Ric Flair had some stuff come out. Well, um, yeah, because Ric Flair said that, that he made more money doing doing that so far than he has in his entire career of wrestling. Wow. But, but Ric Flair also said that he kind of had – he always kind of had kind of the shoddy contract compared to everybody else because he still, like, had his contract, like, carried over from, like, the NWA days or whatever, like, when he got mm-hmm. into WCW. So he didn't get, like, the big sign-on bonuses like all the, the WWF guys did. Mm. Hey, good for him. He needs to get out of debt because yeah. he, he – that man is a medical marvel. <laughs> that, that guy is just – he's just the dream. <laughs> We well, you know he almost died a few years ago, and I thought he had kind of cleaned up. But from what yeah. I've, I've been hearing, like Hulk Hogan was uh, on Theo Vaughn podcast. Yeah. And he's still doing the same stuff. He's still going out and drinking and partying. I've seen that version of Ric Flair in person. Yeah. And I'm like, how he's still alive? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. He, he's got like Keith Richards thing going where like it, it, like, you know, the more like intoxicated they get, the longer their lifespan grows. <laughs> At a certain point, maybe it just becomes preservatives. I, I think so. I, I, <laughs> I think that's kind of what it is, you know, but um, well, hey, the stones get yeah. those blood transfusions. Yeah, that's, the <laughs> that's what they do for real. Yep. So, um, but yeah, Shadow Warriors. Number one, so the first one, just in case you go watch these, Assault on Devil's Island. 
that's the first one and then two is uh something death mountain i think yeah salt on death mountain or something like that yeah they didn't really get too creative with these names but um and you've already watched the second one right no, I just watched this one twice because, oh, okay. you know, this movie was one of those ones that it felt like it took us almost like it was like a month and, you know, the making of doing this podcast. So I felt like I'm like, man, I got to watch this again just so it's like a little bit more refreshed in my mind. Like, you yeah. know, so I watched it twice and I'm like, I'm like, I'll, I'll savor the second one for when the time comes. But uh, <laughs> realistically, I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching the second one because all in all, this movie's corny and goofy and it's totally made for TV, but uh, I feel like it's totally made for me at the same time, too. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's like, well, it was when I watch this, I'm like, this is my kind of movie right here. Like, I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. like, this just takes me back. This feels like, I'm, I'm kind of bummed I didn't watch it as a kid because it, you know, maybe it's just that weird time period where, like, you know, I watch more WWF than I watch WCW, and maybe that's how I kind of fell out of it there and so on like that. But um, I feel like if I would have saw this in, like, 97, oh, this movie would have been, like, way up. I probably would have watched it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I could have seen this been, like, one of those ones, like, my tape copy off of TNT would have been on repeat all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I never watched this, too, because I was a massive WCW watcher. That's I basically... You know, I had to sneak and watch WWF. My mom didn't want me to watch it, so I had to, I had to, you yeah. know, tape one, watch the other kind of thing. Yeah, um, and I couldn't always make that work. So, but WCW every week I can make work. And um, I, uh, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't watch this back in the day too. But I do, I do remember it being advertised now, mm-hmm. and um, I do remember some of that stuff. Um, I don't think I watched the contract signing as a commercial in between the commercial breaks. But I think I watched it, you know, on Monday nights for the next week, but oh man, Sultan Devil's Island. It's a fun time. It's a pretty impressive, um, TV movie. Having Carl Weathers in there again, he's way too good for this, but it's cool to see him in there. Yeah. Um, I think having Hulk Hogan and Carl Weathers in a movie pretty much by itself makes it worth watching. Yeah, well, that was the thing is when that, that was it was like it was on one of those podcasts. It was either the Joe Rogan or the Theo one, and he just literally name dropped this movie like, "Oh yeah, me and Carl Weathers, you know, were in this movie in '97." And I was like, "What?" I literally pulled over on the side of the road and like, "I gotta look this up right now." And that was how I found these ones there because I was like, "How have I missed these my whole life?" Like, I thought I was all caught up on all of Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. movies. I've seen all his kid ones, I've seen Thunder in Paradise, all that kind of stuff. And then when I was like, there's two other ones out there, like, and I actually found a third one because the same director that did this, there's another Hulk Hogan movie that they made, like, somewhere, I don't know if it's in between these two movies or right afterwards, but there's almost like a third movie. It's not, the, not related, but it's another one where it's an action movie with Hulkster, TNT, um, something like that. I saw the, the poster for it. My yeah. IMDb when I was looking at this stuff, and um, you know, I thought this was better than Thunder in Paradise. It's not as fun as Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise has a really cool um, gimmick to it, and yeah, a cool the boat feel the, with a boat. But just the whole the friendship between those those two were more developed in the movie, and they were wanting to make. I read in the trivia that they were wanting to make a series out of this. So this was supposed to be what Thunder and Paradise was too. Like you have the movie and then you have a series. They were going to do that with this. And they were going to do like 23 episodes and they never did it. They just ended up doing the second movie. But um, 
if they had done a series, maybe maybe the Carl Weather. I don't I don't think Carl Weathers wanted to do a series. This is what I think happened. Well, I think it was that, and then Hulkster had some kind of like uh you know qualms of how he wanted to go, and he wanted a big chunk of it. And it, it sounded like it was like okay, this is getting too expensive too fast. Let's just do a second movie that'll that'll work for everybody. Go for mm-hmm. there and be done. Yeah, I don't I don't see either Carl Weathers or that or Shannon Tweed committing to 26 because she she always had to work. She was doing those B movies left and right. So yeah. Yeah. I just, Gene Simmons is like, go out and make money for me. Oh, was 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 she married to Gene Simmons? Was she is she? Yeah, she's married to Gene Simmons. I did not know this. Oh really? No, that, that's I how I. That, that's literally how I know about her. Is, that's that's, why Gene, that's Gene Simmons' like kids. Is that's their mom? Oh my god! So they've been together since like the nineties, or maybe even earlier than that, like the late eighties or something like that. I can't remember. That's that is right. I knew that's why I was like the name sounds more familiar than what I'm thinking of. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because that, that's what that was like the triple threat when I heard that because I was like, oh shit, Carl Weathers, Hulk Hogan, and Shannon Tweed. Because I was just thinking like, oh yeah, because I think of like when Gene Simmons had the show uh, Family Jewels. That's where you saw a lot. That's for, or at least where I saw a lot of her at was in that show. Mm. He Gene Simmons should have been the the drug lord. Yeah, that actually would be cool, and that wouldn't have been that far off because Gene Simmons loves acting anyway. So yeah, see, we should have produced this movie. We go back and get a time machine. We'll fix this movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Something's yeah. missing there. You know, uh, real quick, I want to say this is that other movie's called The Ultimate Weapon, nineteen ninety. Mm. That was directed. Apparently, that's the only rated R movie that Hulk Hogan's in. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that was a made for TNT movie, but it looks like it's uh it's just a Canadian movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk's trying to go up to Canada, you know. <laughs> you know, it's actually like Hulk Hogan's got like I, I like he's got a big old mustache in it, like Burt Reynolds style. But he's got his, he's got like full head of hair, but it's combed back. You know, it's not long in this one, but it looks it actually looks pretty badass. <laughs> hey, I'll give it, it a look, try. You know, <laughs> a Hulk Hogan filmography. <laughs> oh man, this is fun. If you if you were a big wrestling fan back in the day, if you like Carl Weathers. If you like cheesy, campy B movies, this is this is a fun one to watch. It's it's um I will say uh, one positive thing: the action was pretty coherent. Yeah, you know how I get about the I talk about I, the geography of the scene, but I do I do hate it when things just make no sense. What are you shooting at? Why, yeah. why are you here when that guy's there? Where are you now? What's happening? This was actually pretty well structured. I mean, mm-hmm. it's no, it's no Michael Mann heat, okay? But it's it's pretty. I was pretty impressed by that. Like the whole siege of the compound at the beginning that goes awry, you pretty much knew what was going on. It was it was well directed, well put together. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 the thing. Well, that's the thing is, I, I think that overall, for a TV movie, it's actually pretty solid. You yeah, know, for a TV movie in '97, like it's one of those ones where like it does deliver. You know, yeah, if, if you compare it to like, yeah, you know, Face Off or something around the same time period, well, you you can't do that, but <laughs> you know, but it's one of those ones for what it is. Like, God, it's, yeah, if you were sitting back at home and you know having a beer and watching TNT, and you know, and after you know some WCW, this movie comes on. You would be pretty impressed, I feel. You know what I mean? You'd be like, that was well worth my time. 
surprised this didn't come on after Nitro because I would get, I would stick around, you know, after Nitro and watch what what was it, whatever was on sometimes, especially yeah. in the summer, you know. Then have school the next day. I'm staying up and watching whatever. Well, those um, are the days too, where you, you just leave a channel on and it, it dictates the rest of your life for the next eight hours. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. And I would bounce around from TNT to TBS to yeah. USA. And then if I was lucky enough to have like a free view of the premium channels, um, yeah. like a free view of HBO or Cinemax, you'd get those every six months or so. Yeah. Yeah, for a couple of weeks, and they always put the best movies on when when they had that. So they, 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 they want that money from you. They're like, "Hey, we'll get that subscription going. It's gonna all work out." And then you get, it and you're like, "Oh, they're just playing the same movies over and over again." I saw all these. Yeah. I saw these all in the free, you know, movie section. Then I paid for it, and then it's the same. You know, I look back real quick on that. My my parents weren't ones to pay for that kind of stuff. They did that a couple times. Yeah, neither were mine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did. They did a couple times pay for the premiums just for like a few months. And looking back, I think they did that for me because my my dad wasn't much of a movie watcher. My mom wasn't that much either. She would have like we'd go to the video store and rent stuff and watch it as a family. Yeah, but it wasn't like there every day. You know, dad was watching sports most days. Mm-hmm. And so I think they did that for me a little bit back in the day. But um, most of the time it was. If I had those, it was the free view <laughs> that you got. Yeah, exactly. So, that, that's the stuff. And you you enjoyed every moment of it when it was there. Oh, no, I had that VCR working overtime. Yeah. When you got the free views, because now you don't get to do commercials. I'll walk into that. I'm pretty sure this all Independence Day was part of my library. Um, yep. Mid-90s, Batman Forever. Yep. I think I, I recorded that. Um, from from one of the premium channels, I just so many of them. So, yeah, I had that VCR just running night and day when we had the free we had the previews. Oh my gosh, I was. Well, I, I remember cool. that was that was that was one of the best birthday presents you could get. Was just like, here you go, here's like seven more like blank VHSs. Oh man, my, have so, at it. <laughs> that my mom all, um, she was a thrift store maven. Like she would go to thrift stores every day. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, most of my clothes growing up, most of like my toys, um, except yeah, for stuff I got for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was still a, store. A, a, a thrift store stuff. Yeah, um, Christmas and birthdays was different, but um, most of my clothes and stuff, she would she would go to thrift stores and she'd get blank tapes there all the time, and um, that's where we have all like our childhood tapes. Mm-hmm. I actually have them right here behind me. Um, but like the ones of my, myself and my brother and stuff as a kid, she had all get them from there. So we yeah. always had tons of them. And I remember she had a whole shelf full of them, just blank tapes that we would record and then re-record over. Yep. Um, yeah. And then I told you about my uncle David with the library. Yeah. Or he just had this the massive, like FBI came in there to, what is, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, cool. it's, why, it's why they had to put the warning on the beginning of movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh man, they had like a little, uh, he and Red Overcast in T Town Video. They had their little VHS frame that they had. <laughs> <laughs> we almost got in trouble, but um, anyway, Shadow Warrior, way off topic, but Shadow Warriors, uh, Assault on Devil's Island, it was fun. We'll let this, we'll watch the second one. Um, uh, I'm, so, I'm 100% down for watching the second one. As you I said, just like, do I'm, the second one next week. 
I think so. I, that was my plan anyways. I was going to say, yeah, let's, let's just go with that. Because we're yeah. in the mood. We're there. It's fun. It's Hulkster. It's Carl Weathers. Like, yeah, it, it's like in that Chuck Norris kind of vibe. That's almost like kind of the best way this movie sort of feels. Like a Chuck Norris mm-hmm. made for TV movie is like almost like. Yeah, Chuck Norris episode of like a 90s action show, a Baywatch. Yeah. A, you know, that, that's definitely the level of acting you get. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Carl Weathers. Yeah, except for um, Carl. Carl. Well, that's, that's the thing. Is, as I said, he is the odd man out in this whole movie. Like, it's one of those ones. You just kind of see him. He's he's just there because this is the... Sadly, this probably is the only gig he can kind of get. Like, you know. The fuck's bullshit, man? It, it really, really is. It bothers me so much because he's such a good actor. And even, like, literally as a little kid, like, Carl Weathers was always one of those ones. Like, I just was like, man, I wish I could see this guy have more stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's just so good so good and he's always yeah. kind of been you know his biggest roles are you know the side characters predator and rocky you know what i mean still mm. awesome i'm not saying anything against it but he you know he you know he's not in you know creed the movie that has his name in it says he's not even in it he's dead you know he got killed off by that point mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't even know a flashback from creed movies come on man yeah um but yeah Go watch this movie. It's a fun time. We watched it on YouTube. Um, you can watch it on Roku, but you have to pay attention. The titles are fucked up. They yeah. have the wrong title on the wrong movie. So uh, it's amazing that it's not fixed. So um, if you go on Roku and watch that, you have to do it there. I think this was, I'm pretty sure this was on Tubi at one point recently. I might be wrong. It feels like um, a very Tubi one. But it does. Uh, YouTube's got there's like I think there's at least two versions on there. The one I watched was it was a decent copy. It looked like it came straight off a DVD, but it had weird Eastern European subtitles. Was the only mm-hmm. thing. I don't even yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you what country it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't see that one. I'm, the one I saw was a little different, but um, it was good. It was fun. So next week we'll do the second one. We'll see what that one's all about. We'll talk about we'll compare and contrast. See if the acting got a little bit better. Um, I'm surprised Carl Weathers decided to do a second one. As I said, um, I, I, I hate to sort of say it, but I feel like that was these are the only people calling him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. TNT, man, they should put Carl Weathers in a WCW thing. I like that storyline. Yeah. I would have watched the shit out of that. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. But um, anyway, we'll see him back next week for the second installment of the, uh, the Shadow Warrior series, uh, Assault on Death Mountain. And um, thank y'all for listening. As always, you can go find us on social media. You go to X. I have to say it that way. It's just fun. Um, you go to X and find me at, at via VHS. You can go find me on TikTok at via VHS. Instagram at via VHS pod. I feel like I'm mostly on TikTok nowadays, actually. Yeah. I spend a lot of time. So um, if I do any social media content, that's usually where it's at. So you can go find me on there. Um, but probably the best to send me a message or something on, on uh, X. And um, as always, you can go to oldmanorange.com and find all the amazing stuff Spencer, stuff, uh, Spencer does, you know, Old Man Orange podcast, Pizza Boys with a Z comic series. And um, yeah, anything else you, you want to add before we get out of here? I think that's it. I'm just going to get pumped and ready for some more Shadow Warriors. Shadow Warriors. You know, I'm gonna, I'm, next week I'm going to go to Burger King. I'm gonna get a surge. Oh yeah, there we go. I'm in this. This is a surge movie. This is a 1999 oh, prime you know. surge decades. 
Do I have my surge pencil here? I thought I did. I got my WC. I got my sting pencil at least, but. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, somewhere I have a surge pencil though, because I was uh, is, that's how I was as a kid. And like when I got something like that, I'm like, this is too cool. I'm not going to sharpen this and use it. I'm just going to keep it and put it in the drawer and save yeah. it. That's so funny. You still have it, but man, I remember pencils were fucking currency back in the day in school. Kids today will yeah. never know they were currency. No. You used to trade that shit. Oh man, there's NFL pencils that came out at one point in time. If all the kids oh, yeah. had them, so we were trading teams. I got all the yep. Dolphins and Panthers ones. That's all I, I remember. Those. Mm-hmm. If, if so, I look hard enough, I probably have a few of those left. Oh my gosh, a couple I of NBA a, ones and so on. My mom all bought me a bunch of those one year, and she got them for super cheap. And she bought me like ten packs, so <laughs> I was trading those out. Got all the Dolphins and Panthers. Had a few Raiders. Always like the Raiders. Yep. And um, there you go. Raiders yeah. is like the ultimate underdog team of like I feel like especially the area I'm at. That's how I always feel. Live my lifetime, yeah, definitely. Them and the Lions. Um, so anyway, y'all have a good one. Join us next week for Shadow Warriors Two, and the VHS is out.